This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Trevor Chew, here in the mat at 3RRR. How you feeling about that, huh? Um, g'day, uh, 12.02, that's right, 12.02 and a half, I'm going to turn this up so you can hear myself, hey, that's it, where we go. You're in the afternoon, glide slope, mm. on a beautiful day. Isn't it awesome out there? Where the sun is shining and uh, it shall not go past 22. We say it every uh, year. 21 actually, but I thought I'd do the two. We, we say it every year, autumn is the highlight for Melbourne, for me at least personally. It's really? Just, it's just so cool. And you were saying actually, Still. The first day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere this, uh, today. In that topsy-turvy world that we live in. Something to do with the moons. I don't know. Sun. Is it? Rotation of the earth. Yes. Angles of the dangle. Yes. <laughs> Past participle. No, that's grammar. Um, Cameron yes. Smith, how are you? Happy autumn to yes. all and sundry out there. Um, hands up if you put the blanket on your bed. Oh, yes. Yeah. It got cold suddenly. Hands up if you went to the loo. In the middle of the night, and you got back into a warm bed, and you went, I'm in a warm bed, and it's really good. <laughs> That's an autumn realisation. Yes. Foodstuffs uh, of autumn will be uh, will be big in front of centre of uh, the show. We do Ooh. go to market. We talk about stuff I asked John about uh, to do the Julie Andrews. A few of my favourite things yes. for autumn. Uh, we're going to be doing that. And then the show is a bit of a dichotomy. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because, um, well, on one hand, yes. we've got Rosemary Stanton. Yes. Doctor she, Rosemary Stanton. Doctor Rosemary Stanton, our favourite nutritionist. Yes. You know that. Mm. Why do we love her? Why do we love her? You tell me, Matt. Because of her brain. Yeah, that's good. And straight, straight talking, yeah, straight she's a very, shooting. Very straight shooter, I agree. And yeah, uh, no hidden agendas. And has uh, for many years now refused to endorse specific companies or products. She just tells it like it is. Yeah. Yep. Trad. Can tell it like it is, yes. um, but uh, it's a question of sugar, really. Um, yes. And we've seen foods demonised over the years. Um, you've been with us on this journey, mm. folks. You know, it's like, how do we work out what's good? It's like, ah, oh, fat's bad. No, fat's good. Margarine's bad. No, butter's good. Now, mm. um, salt's the uh, devil. Carbs, low, oh. ca- low carbs, high carbs. Yeah. GI, low GI, high GI. Paleocentric. Yes, I don't know. I just made that up. Paleo. I'm, I'm happy to run with it. Paleocentric. Yes. We could say that's a word. <laughs> the made up word that we can just, we can go, it's ours. Yes. Um, and it seems now that, uh, sugar is becoming, it could become as big a health problem mm-hmm. and as big as the way that maybe tobacco was seen years Ooh. and years ago. Jeez, that's a big call. Look at you go. Sugar is the new tobacco discuss. Well, yeah, discuss that. Wow. Um, but we're, we're seeing moves ca- mm. coming, and then mm. slowly, inexorably. Um, Mexico was the mm. first to uh, to put a tax on sugar. I saw something about Jamie Oliver this week too. Didn't Correct. You? So he's been campaigning. This is the watershed the that, that we see, and and he threw out a challenge. Yes, on Facebook. Come on, people! <laughs> you know, doing his hey, hey, come on, hey, what are you doing? You, yeah. um, and good on him. Uh, oh, I concur for for doing that, but. Um, but we're going to call on Stanton because she can tell us what's going on. We yep. can talk about how Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. Amatil, yes, the, that's the operation in Australia, in yes. Australia, have been um, deflecting the message somewhat. It have could they? be said, right? Deflecting, yes, um, and saying, look, it's not us. 
You just don't exercise enough. <laughs> Sugar we drinking? Come on, chunk your butt, get off the couch. Yeah, come on. And have a nice, relaxing Coca-Cola when you get when back you finish. from your marathon. Yeah, and yeah. there's something to be said for that. Right. But is it sort of, I don't know, I'm trying to search for a, an easy cliche, exercise greenwashing. Ooh. That's not good. Uh, no, it's not. I could probably have done better than that. But I think you get what I'm saying. Yes. So anyway, we're going to have a chat to Rosemary. We're going to see whether uh, the legislators here will have the intestinal fortitude Yes. to do something about it. Which, of course, they won't. Oh, there Ooh. you go. Gosh, oh, here was I. I was going, well, I'm just Pessimism keep Sunday. I'm keeping a straight bat on this. But then <laughs> you go all rogue on me, Matt. Yeah. I like that. I like it when you go rogue. Um, and I'm sorry about the... The quality of the pastries I gave you this morning too. They were. I mean, they're they're like they're they're a six out of ten. They're okay. I would have given it a five. Or but anyway, so yeah. so here's the dilemma of our dichotomy, folks. If mm. you'll if you'll give us this. So we look on one hand the emergence of sugar as a health issue. How's mm-hmm. that? That's pretty neutral. Yes. Yeah. That's not going to nope. rave it, Mister. Just you know, go nuts. <laughs> And then, yes. and then we're going to have some fun after market report. We're going to talk about hey, sugar. And sugar, how you- <laughs> and how much fun it was. Remember the old days? Remember a packet of red skins in your pocket, yes. eh? A packet of um, uh, mates. Or, as Matt so beautifully put, how he lived through the transition of going to a milk bar. Well, you tell us. Yeah, what well, milk bars like? Well, when I was a kid, when I was like five or six, you know, the, the corner milk bar was where you went for your lollies and they had them all lined up in the counter. White paper bags. White paper bags, mixed lollies for 50 cents. Yeah. And then by the time I was, say, in high school, sort of maybe age 12, 13, yeah. it had sort of moved on. You moved away from your milk bar and basically you just went to aisle seven in your local supermarket. and, the, and the, the, Of those problematic middle aisles. Yes. yes. And you pick up your bag of minties from there. So... It, it's an interesting sort of transition, but I do remember the days where you would sit in front of the glass counter mm. and pick your favourite lollies, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of the poor guy behind the counter who... No, no, I said four Actually, mates, not yeah, three. They're expensive. They had great patience, didn't they, in they those did. days? Mm. They really did. But we're going to speak to one of the greatest cookbook writers in Australia. Right. There you go. Yes. Jane, Jane Lawson. Yes. Um, and she is about to publish. Actually, this is really good. Mm. Because I was able to put the publisher in a bit of a full Nelson. Go, Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let us have a chat to James. Because this it's is like, all embargoed, right? Yes, yeah, it's all embargoed. Not, not supposed to be talking about this book. Yeah, so this is kind of exciting. It is, really. Um, and the book is going to be called Milk Bar Memories. And uh, not only that, she wants to talk about um, pretty much, well, an earlier time, you know. Mm. And she's got a book about um, she's making all these yummies, no nasties. And I guess the idea is that you know what's in it and for these things to be served occasionally. But so, so you can make your own musk sticks if you want to. Is sherbet. That, sherbet. Do you know how to make sherbet? I do not. I just go to the supermarket and buy it. I think sherbet Actually, bicarbonate of soda and citric acid. There you go. Get the right ratio. Oh, yes. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it could be... It becomes a, <laughs> a cleanser. Yeah, or, or just, it's like, <laughs> my mouth tastes like soap, you know. Why, why are the children crying, dear? <laughs> Why are they blowing bubbles out? Anyway, so, but um, it is really about an evocation of earlier times, you know, things like going to fish and chip shops for potato cakes yes. and, and really, really good pastries and she's a laugh. Yes. She is. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna have a bit of a chat to her. Um, I am looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, in the meantime... Mm-hmm. I would like to talk to you about uh, on today mm. as we, we look up um, 
in the food calendar. Uh, first of all, it's got to be known that um, St. Cuthbert, mm. it's a good on you. Right. Good on you, St. Cuthbert, because it's his day. Yes. His day yes. in the pantheon of the uh, Catholic Church. Excellent. Patron of shepherds. Ooh. Yeah, keeping it together. Keeping the flock together. Yes. That's it. We don't have too many full-time shepherds in uh, first world countries anymore. No, no. I've never seen a business card. No. <laughs> Someone walking around. Bruce Blake. That, that, that sort of hooked sort yeah. of sort of stick they used to here's carry. Here's my card, shepherd. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, great. Here's your mobile yeah. and here's my website. Um, but mm. we've got a few things that have uh, we need to commemorate on today. Yes. Sixteen oh two. Two. Uh, the Dutch East India Company was established and the Netherlands granted it a monopoly on trade with Asia. What does this tell us? This tells us that we really should watch out for corporations, I think, because... Uh, there really is nothing new in the world of commerce. This is uh, 1602, 1602 and talking about corporate monopolies. And, boy, Dutch East India Company, a few nasty pieces of work there. I think if you look in history, yes. look it up. Whoa, not good. Um, and then also, um, happy birthday yes, to the Queen Victoria Market, 1878. Queen Victoria Market opened in Melbourne, Australia. Historic open-air uh, market spread over two city blocks, mm-hmm. selling everything from Australian fruit and veggies. Don't we know that? Yes. Um, local and imported gourmet foods to cosmetics, clothing and souvenirs. So that's today. The birthday's today. Except they forgot to mention meat and fish. Yeah. Anyway. Happy anyway. birthday, Queen Vic. Happy birthday, Queen Vic! And uh, probably the only uh, major city market that has a car park built over the bodies of the dead. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, that's an innovator. And big, big, big good day to anyone who's uh, driving around that car park right now. 12 12. <laughs> Looking for a park. Absolutely. Wishing yeah. they were dead. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't so bad. The old Paran market, they used to be the guy, the eye in the sky. Oh, really? They used to guide you into. Oh, I didn't drive. There's never... a car park, L7. L7. <laughs> really? Yeah, it did. And if you moved in, then they, and then he had a way of controlling it. If you tried to sort of sneak in and get a car park when you shouldn't, yeah. traffic attendants move into Red <laughs> Mazda. Really? Yeah. And you go, oh, okay, all right, sorry, I didn't really. What a, what a great era I've been. Oh, I was. In the, well, if you go to the Pram Market, you can see the picture. It's yeah. where Maker and Munger is, Anthony yeah. Firmino, where you get those beautiful cheese things. Mm. There's a whole row of all the great the and history. good. Yeah. Uh, Billy's there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Billy Pike. Um, and anyway, the guy who was the Iron Sky. 12, 13 here in 3RRR. Let's talk, first of all, mm. sugar is bad. Yes. And then later on the show, sugar was, we remember it fondly. Yes. <laughs> Dichotomy. Hmm? We'll triple R. Rosemary after this. Bye. 12.13 here on 3 Triple RFM. Uh, the mushroom season is coming upon us, which is a very, very good thing. Um, I was speaking to some people in uh, Gippsland and uh, apparently farmers were dancing in the streets because of uh, the rain that had happened mm. and uh, more on the way. So that's very happening. I'm not sure what's been happening in the uh, the north part of our state in New South Wales, how dry it's been, but the joy is that we have Rosemary Stanton who's out in the country, I think she is, and we say a very, very good afternoon and a big thanks as always for joining us. My pleasure, Cam. Thank you. Where are you? What are you doing today, Rosemary? Oh, there's a, a festival on up here uh, associated with some farmers' markets and sort of uh, 
Holler Growers called Grow, Cook, Eat, uh, at which I'm speaking, and there's all sorts of things happening there as well. So, What area is this again, Rosemary? Uh, it's in the southern highlands of New South Wales, oh, so wow. a couple of hours south of Sydney. Nice. I get and a lot of people interested in these things in these areas, and um, so they're looking at a whole lot of things, everything from more solar power to... Um, Growing things, community gardens, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, worm farms, community gardens, composting. All a good idea. Um, closed circuit, just you know, whatever is, whatever is old is new again, and has been found to be twice as valid, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hey, how are the dams up there? Just before we get started. Uh, not too bad. Yeah, we haven't had we haven't had the the hassles that people in some parts of the country have. But um, we had a bit of rain last week. We'd like a bit more, but uh, we always like more. Yeah, well, it's going to be good for the mushrooms. We just had a, an ad for doing mushroom tours. Now, um, uh, mastermind subject for this week and very, very topical uh, with the, um, well, what's it, with the, the leaping in by, by an English chef. We're talking about uh, sucrose sugar. It's um, It seems to be... Well, we're starting to talk about it and uh, and taxing it in some parts of the world. Well, certainly a lot of parts of the world are taxing uh, things like soft drinks particularly. Uh, and the UK has just announced, and this is the first sort of, you know, really big announcement, I think. We've got uh, countries like Mexico doing it. We've got various states in the US. We've got some European countries. But the UK is the, the biggest one to so far... Uh, jump on this and say, look, we're going to tax soft drinks and they're going to spend the money from the tax on uh, sort of some programs for kids to get them more active. So it's a pretty good deal, I reckon, and uh, I think it really is time that it's spread right around the world because yeah. the, of all the foods we look at, uh, probably the low-hanging fruit, the easiest one to sort of prove its, its problems and the easiest one to slap a bit of a tax on would be things like sugar-sweetened drinks. Can we just maybe just let's just quantify it? So, say a hundred mils of um, a cola, PepsiCo. What is it? I think about eleven grams of sugar. Um, it depends. Yeah, usually about that. So you get sort of around ten percent sugar in most of these products, most of the soft drinks. So ten percent, sometimes up to twelve percent in some of the varieties. So ten to twelve percent sugar. That's a fair bit. Um, well, it's a lot. Really. How many? How many teaspoons is um, is that? Just out of curiosity. Well, at per hundred mils, it's about uh, two and a half to three teaspoons for every hundred mils, and very few people stop yeah, stop at hundred mils. So, so you know, if you're looking at a three seventy mil can, you've got you. around ten teaspoons of sugar. Oh, there you go. Bang! You've just done it for us. Here was I yeah. trying to trying to work that out, but you, you've got that. So. Um, we've seen that it's the very first place to do it was was actually in Mexico, which kind of um, surprised me. They were one of the first to put a tax on on the sugar, and I think that they uh, the results have been in that in the the first year of of doing that uh, the there's been a reduction of about ten percent in consumption. Yeah, there has, and, and the the really good news there was that the people who were drinking the most soft drink, most sugar sweetened drinks. Mm. They tended to be the poorer people, but they've had a far bigger reduction in their consumption. So they have dropped by around 18%, something of that order. And Mexico, they weren't the first uh, people to do it, but they were the first people to sort of, you know, really collect the sales data and sort of document what was happening there. So we've got that. That's pretty good evidence. I mean, we've got pretty good evidence that the sugar in a drink Mm. is worse than the sugar in some solid food 
in that uh, we mm-hmm. know that if you if you eat a solid food that contains sugar, you'll probably eat a little bit less of something else. It does have some ability to fill you up. Oh, okay. Whereas yeah. when sugar is in a liquid form, uh, it doesn't fill people up. It doesn't decrease the amount they consume at all, and that's been able to be tested pretty easily because you can give people drinks with sugar or with um, artificial sweeteners and see any difference, no difference at all. No difference if they're given water either, so they don't. They just still, still eat as much as they used to eat. But if you, you know, if you have a piece of bread or an apple or even a bit of chocolate, um, the chances are you'll eat a little bit less of something else, but not with soft drink. So it's all just the calories from soft drink are therefore an extra problem because they don't have any ability to fill you up and decrease your consumption of anything else. So we can prove that quite easily. Now, I wouldn't like people to take from that that it's okay to have diet-type soft drinks, no. uh, because although you're not getting the sugar there, they still have just as harmful effect on teeth, and that's the other big problem with these sugar-sweetened drinks is their effect on, on dental enamel. And that's, and that's, drinks, that's uh, more the acidic. acid, isn't it? Um, yeah, that... well, it's the acid, acidity of them that strips the enamel off teeth. Mm. And e- even when you haven't got a, um, a huge amount of sugar uh, in these sort of drinks, they're still usually acidic, and we've, I think we've probably discussed that before looking at the tennis players who really do need sports drinks, which have sugar in them, but they're one of the few people who really do need them when they're playing for hours and hours and hours and sweating profusely. But we see the, uh, the calories that are sort of expended that most yeah, of but, us don't really do in, in, in that watch, way. But if you watch them, they yeah. almost without exception have a bottle of water with them and they have a swig of their soft drink when they go off between uh, games yeah. and they then follow that up with a good swishing cleanse of water. God, they're, because they're, they're very aware they? and, and, and people have found that sports, sports drinks were really doing huge amounts of damage to the smiling faces of our sports people. So they uh, get over that by having some water because even those, even ones without too much sugar, and the, the sports drinks have got too much sugar for ordinary people but not too much for, for those guys. For big hulking sweaty athletes, yes. Yeah, but they... Um, or live sweaty athletes too. <laughs> Yep. But they, they swoosh it away with a bit of water. So it's the tooth damaging potential that we are concerned about. Nobody ever seems to remember that teeth are part of the body and we need to consider teeth when we're eating as well as uh, the rest of the body. So the soft drinks are a problem there and so are the diet soft drinks. So there's nothing good you can say about these things except people like the taste. Yeah. Um, and so they're the obvious thing to sort of slap a bit of an extra tax on. When we brought in the GST, Mm. uh, the taxes that previously had been paid on soft drinks and confectionery and biscuits and various other things, they'd previously had to pay some wholesale sales taxes and other taxes, and they all disappeared, and the GST was actually a reduction for them. So you didn't notice the prices of those uh, junky things all dropping, but in fact the GST was a drop in price for them. So time they sort of um, bore the brunt of having a decent uh, tax put upon them, and if that drops consumption, that's what we're aiming for. Wow. Do you think the Australian government has any appetite to uh, follow in what's happening in uh, the UK? Well, our Minister for Trade this week, he didn't think it was a very good idea, and mm. I kept thinking, why don't you think it's a good idea? The only Because of our donations reason... that we receive from all these people. Sorry, I didn't... Well, yeah, maybe the only possible good idea, is Yeah. Yeah, we've got to keep the money coming in. Yeah, so I think that we've really, if we're we're concerned about people's health, they're concerned about their teeth, uh, then we ought to be sort of trying to do something to decrease consumption, and we know that one way to do that is to increase the price. I mean, in New South Wales, there's been, um, well, there's a battle going on at the moment to try and introduce a container deposit tax on these products, 
like they have in South Australia, where it works brilliantly. And yeah, it's amazing that that, that that aberration that has managed to continue for so many years. Yeah, but the South also, Australian aberration. Yeah, but it means that they get much greater return of the, of the containers. But mm. the, the, it also means that the product costs more in the first place because you've got to pay for somebody to sort of collect the containers and all that whole system. And the industry, the beverages industry, is absolutely fighting the New South Wales government because they don't want that to come in. Why? Because they know that if the price goes up, the consumption will go down, at least initially. Mm. I'm happy if it goes down uh, because once people get used to not having so much sweetness, they quickly adapt. And I think we all know somebody probably who's given up taking sugar in their tea or coffee and you give that person a cup of sweetened tea or coffee later and they can't drink it because they've lost their taste for it. So... We, our taste buds adjust, particularly with drinks, and so if you're not used to having these sweet drinks, you'll find them quite sickly, mm. and that's what I'd be aiming for. Well, we uh, first of all, let's uh, we salute uh, the Mexicans, we salute the uh, the English, we say good on you to Jamie Oliver, and we wait with um, increasing bewilderment here in Australia. That Absolutely. might be a good way um, to put it. You've summed it up perfectly. Oh, gosh. I've got a stamp from Rosemary. You've made my day, (laughs) Rosemary. Um, Enjoy the rest of the day. Good luck with your talk. And as always, thank you for explaining things so well to us. Thanks, Rosemary. My pleasure. Thanks, Kat. You rock. Thank you, Rosemary. 1224. Compliment from Rosemary. You know, I'm one of those people. I stopped stopped having sugar in my coffee 10 years ago, and now I just couldn't. It just tastes awful if I have sugar in coffee. I know. I've made you coffee with sugar, and you to give me a... I've thrown it back in your face. There you have, and I I go uh, weeping, and you go, get me something else. 12.24 here on 3RRR. Matt's going for a bit of music. We like music because it makes us feel good on an autumn day. Hope you're enjoying yours on RRR. I don't know what that noise is, John. What, the, what is that? That's a compressor in ah. the um, recycle station there. Ah, fantastic. We were talking uh, about that with some people the other day about, yeah, it's good to see how you got the recycling happening here with packaging, but there's still a lot of organic waste that sort of goes oh, no, to... Oh, on top of that too, as you can see, the, there's a light green-coloured bin that's got organic waste on it. Yeah, what is that? And, what happens and, to that? Well, I believe that the recycler comes and picks it up and sorts through it and turns it into um, uh, compost and stuff. Oh, I might have to look into that in the, in the thing. But anyway, hello, how are you? It's... Oh, how are you? I should probably get your answer, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'm very good for a Sunday. Come on over here, we'll go in the N- sunshine. Not as stressed hey. as normal. And I'm going to insult you now. You must be running late because the sun's out. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is you stand in the sun, you want to become a lounge lizard and you don't want to do anything... But um, I, I could be like a blue tongue lizard on a rock here, although this is a red rock and it's uh, it's a Holden rock. Yeah, uh, it's red. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, I tell you what, this um, especially after yesterday. First of all, I think what we need to do is just acknowledge the fact that the last couple of days someone's flicked the switch, and uh, I had a blanket on the other night, and um, it, it was cold. Well, I, I love it like this. I, I didn't feel cold last night, but I heard the. The boss's blanket go click, click, and I said, you're joking, and I got into trouble for saying that. <laughs> yeah, right. I know they click, click. Yeah, okay, well, yes, anyway. But uh, how is it being uh, reflected in the produce? Um, not a lot of the produce suffered, thank God. Things like zucchini and that, mm. that come out of Mildura, 230. 
Um, just checking on a price. Yeah, there. stuff that come out of Mildura is still getting battered because they've had 45 degrees every day, and you can imagine it takes a long time for the nights to cool down. Same with Shepparton too. Same just had Shepparton, a friend over. Kutura, yeah. All those, anything past the uh, Pretty Sally divide there is um, what, 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 what? The there's pretty... a hill called Pretty Sally Hill yeah. you get past Seymour oh okay and as soon as you go over that hump yes anything on the other side's hotter is changing changing it's what we call sort of like the great dividing range over yeah, there yeah yeah and, and then there's um, heavy soil there beautiful climate beautiful uh, everything yeah mm-hmm. right you know okay. they get stuff out of there even without rain they can grow, grow beautiful grapes on the other side all right, a few things. Sign pointers to autumn for me. Chestnuts, quinces, custard apples, uh, yeah. cheap passion fruit. These yeah. are all things that I see in front of me at the moment. Chestnuts for a good week. Yesterday I was dying because I could Whoa. smell someone roasting them. Oh. So traditionally, I'm sorry to stop you, traditionally chestnuts don't start to Anzac Day, 25th of April. So they've got new varieties that have come out early. Ooh. And I saw some at a good price. What did you see them for? Uh, I've seen 11. I saw 10. Okay, that's pretty and good. 10, that's cheap, mate. Yeah. We're getting like Sicily. Sicily, you drive up Manhattan, they're all over the road. You know, and I stopped and said to the uncle, Uncle, come on, let's get the chestnuts. He said, ah, you can get buckets for nothing, mate. And it's going to be the same here. Mm. So don't complain. It's the same. If you drive through Bright or some of those places where they planted a lot of those deciduous trees, you'll get enterprising young kids. Forget lemonade stands. Here in Australia, we've got chestnut buckets. Oh, they're not silly, mate. It, you know, you'll wear a good pair of gum boots and you go stomp, 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 and they pop out of their ugly, prickly outside because yep. they are dangerous, mate. Mm. More dangerous than some people. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't sit on a chestnut that's, uh, that's still in its pod. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Especially if your, your shorts are thin. Yeah, and, yeah. and they grow well here down in Melbourne as well. Yeah. We've got a tree in, um, in Hampton East and, and it's... In a really bad spot, but it still grows and it's producing chestnuts. Uh, mm. Yeah, they're a lovely tree, as you said. They're deciduous. The leaves fall off. Pretty colour. Big, big broad leaves, aren't yeah, they? Big yeah, big broad leaves. Yeah. Peaceful tree, you know. Yeah. You walk in and rustle among the leaves and say, I'm in heaven, you know. All the, all the problems go away. Actually, it's, uh, that's one of the great things we can look forward to, folks, isn't it? That... You know, those strolls along um, footpaths or in, in forests and things like that, and that crunch, 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 crunch. You know, that sound of the yeah, leaves. Yeah. You can even do that along the Yarra, the boulevard there. It's, it's gorgeous, you know. You've got to get out and do it. All right. Okay, so let's, let's look forward. And I, I just want to do a little bit of food nostalgia and things that you might be wanting. What are you looking forward to most this autumn? Don't say a holiday. Uh, roast lamb yeah. with roasted root vegetables yeah. and not three or four little bits like some chefs like to serve up. Yeah. A big plate of brown, crunchy potatoes. Yeah. Maybe the, the, the really black-coloured um, sweet potato like I had last night. They're white-skinned, mm. black on the inside because they're full of sugar and crunchy. Yeah. And, a, and a few peas and beans. Maybe a parsnip or two. Parsnip. You've got to chuck them in late and don't put them at the beginning of the roast, though. Yeah, and don't cut them too small because they burn. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's not fun because they take a long time to grow and they're usually not that cheap. Yeah. yeah. And, and as I haven't said for a long time, a bit of cauliflower. I'm going to wait for the beautiful winter white, pure white, 
crunchy cauliflower, a little bit of olive oil on top, next to my beautiful rice. That's what I'm waiting for. I come home tired. Fruit, I just stole some Fuji persimmons, the non-astringent ones, the hard ones. And I'm looking forward to the sloppy ones. And the the, the big mammoth... um, you just spoke about it. Uh, the custard apple. Custard apple, the purple uh, Cairo. Yeah, I haven't fixed them like yet. That. Sammy, just wait. Hold the phone. Um, yeah. And my beautiful brown pears, which I love a lot. I'm, I think I'm going to get in and poach some because the kids don't eat them cooked. I've got to teach them how to eat cooked pears. I've got to tell you, and then if, okay, you haven't got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, joy in your, in your wallet at the moment. Poached pears. I mean, two, three bucks a kilo for, a, you know, a pair to do. And, and not only that they're cheap and easy to do, they are very, very good for you. Mm. When, I, when I went to Europe 20 years ago, I got very ill in, in Sicily, and I was this sick. This wasn't at Mount Edna from eating too many of those chestnuts, was it? Mm, who knows? Oh, I, I yeah. got a bug, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the doctor was coming twice a day to give me an injection, and I still couldn't drink water. I couldn't wow. even hold water down. Really? And uh, the uncle went, he said, I'll fix you uh-huh. straight away. Uh-huh. He went and got some pears. And he poached them, and he sat beside me and fed them to me. Wow, beautiful. Oh, and and, and I, I kept them down, and they were good, yeah. and I got better and better and better. So not only do they taste good, easy to do, they're good for you. Pairs of sausages. Yeah, they're an astringent. They settle the stomach. Yeah. All the cultures come back quick, and you get better again. But you just poach them in a little bit of water and sugar, and then I'll let you do all the other bits that you put on top. Uh, keep it simple. You know, hey, well, all right, if you want to, you can make a chalky sauce, you know. And what about a vanilla bean or a bit of alcohol? Yeah, hello. Well, I want, to have, I want the vanilla bean in the, um, in the syrup that I'm poaching it in to start off with. And while they're still warm... And maybe some aniseed, too. Yeah. And while they're still warm, a little bit of vanilla ice cream. So you know that's that's it. It's Simple. not hard. And okay, look if you if you're still looking at the radio, going, oh, what are you talking about poaching? That's so hard. A, a light syrup, one to one. So I would do say okay, so 500 mils of water, 500 grams of sugar. That's your poaching syrup. Then you can add things to it. Just split a vanilla bean. You know, there's always people looking at the radio as well, going, yeah, duh, Freddie. We know about that. But if you don't, it ain't that. Hard. Um, Slice your pears thin. It's yeah. really quick. Or poach them whole. Do it slow. Yeah. You know, whatever. Anyway, yeah, that's that's something to think about. Um, we should probably move through to uh, what are you doing with the tomatoes? Tomatoes. Oh, the tomatoes been running away. I've been selling boxes of romas for sauce. Yeah. I've been selling boxes of Doncasters for chutney. I've been selling so many for salads. Unbelievable. You know, we've got uh, even Murray Bridge has started up again from South Australia. So, again, we're spoiled for choice. Um, we've got big ones, we've got small ones, we've got green ones, we've got ripe ones for people to cook. Um, get them while they're here. Get them okay. while they're here. Yeah. And even the tomatoes, you can poach an egg and tomato for breakfast to die for. What else do you want? Hey, not much, except for the pick of the market. Pick of the market today. Uh, still the local grapes. Get in there while they're still around. Um, now we're starting to get grapes that have grown under shade cloth rather than outside. Um, and some of them have already been put away in storage, so they're coming out of the fridge. But they'll still be pristine for another month. Bananas, dime a dozen. Don't forget to make your smoothies. A banana for lunch doesn't hurt either. Got an avocado, can't ripen. Stick it next to the banana. 
Yeah, or in a paper bag. Mm. You know, my son was complaining that his um, banana ended up in his lunchbox in a plastic bag. And I said, yeah, well, it wasn't probably ripe enough, so your mum put in a plastic bag to ripen it. But um, I deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cauliflower's not looking pretty because of the heat. Broccoli's mm. about the same, so if you buy it, you've got to use it within a few days. Cabbages have been running away. People are getting back into making coleslaws. I think maybe they're having their final barbecues in the beautiful sun. Um, and even, even I've been eating steamed cabbage. I rather love steamed cabbage. Oh, me, too. me too. Yeah, a bit of bacon. So sweet. Yeah, a bit it's of amazing bacon the sweetness it. that comes out of it. Yeah, it does. How are you, Rob? And, and the people getting back into the pumpkin again, so I think some people are looking at making soups and um, maybe even making pumpkin risotto and things like that. Yeah. Um, Franco cooked something, the pumpkins, the Japanese pumpkin, which I don't eat a lot of because I think it's too mushy. Mm. But this one had a really vibrant colour. She sliced it thin with a skin on and baked it. I even ate the skin, which is unusual for me because I say, Michael, I say I don't like the skin. Mm. And I've but got yeah, a whole so bunch of uh, parmesan rinds that have been hanging around in my oh. uh, my fridge, and you know I'm going to do with those, don't you? Yeah, get into them. Uh, minestra. Uh, yeah, the yeah, minestrone. Yeah. And that's another thing too. We, we had... Um, Pasta fagiolo last night. Whoa. Uh, even though it wasn't real cold, it was really welcoming, you know. Yeah. It warms the cockles of your heart, changed the menu for a couple of days, yeah. and then, you know, everything's good. If you haven't seen that, that's pasta with beans. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to leave you, John. I'll uh, see you later. Say goodbye, John. <laughs> see you later, guys. She complained that the cauliflower was yellow. It's one of those ones. That oh, that's the home. variety. Come yeah. on. All right. I'm going to get back Stop. to the studio. See you next week, John. Bye. It's the old fade-out. Yes, Matt, I was ready. You don't often get fade-outs on contemporary music. No, you don't. No. You don't. And this sort of goes away from our sort of, you know, our foot on the fold-back wedge yes. while we rock out, isn't it? Which <laughs> which is a bit of the criteria on the show here. But sometimes. Uh, sometimes you've got to do that. Bring in the disco strings. Not there's anything wrong with that. Cookbooks. Yes. The 70s. That sort of stuff. Mm. Jane Lawson. Standing Hello. by from Sydney. Hello. Hello, I've jumped in a bit too soon then, didn't I? Ah, it's alright, I, I was a bit disjointed, I, well, I wasn't one of the best ones. I felt you were rambling a little bit, so I thought Thanks, I'd just go, look, just <laughs> bring him back, bring him back. Um, Jane, one of the greatest uh, writers of cookbooks this country has produced, congratulations to you. That's quite an intro, don't know if I can live up to that. No, it's, it's, it's true. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I think so. <laughs> I hey, go on, just, just take it, go. Yeah, I'll sure. take it, I'll take it. Yeah, why not, why not? <laughs> Um, but uh, as well as just uh, doing multiple trips to uh, Japan, which um, I've been eternally jealous of. Well, you'll have to come along one day. I'd love to. Um, but you've decided to go back in the past and, and revisit some milk bars on side streets and all the other great shops that were around on the in the 70s, and it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, and in a way, you know, it's funny that you bring in the Japanese thing because it's quite Japanese to focus on one one type of food in, in a particular place. But, uh, you know, obviously milk bars are the focus at the moment, but the milk bar, the fish and chip shop, the good old pie shop, um, the lolly shop, the ice cream counter, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, the things that I guess were, you know, are, were treats and still are treats. But, you know, knowing that, you know, back in the 70s, it wasn't really... You know, as a kid, of course, I was very, very young. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot that you could, wasn't a lot of places to go. You know, you might be allowed up yeah. the shops with a twenty cents, you know, for ten cents for a bag of mixed lollies. How much pocket money did you get? 
Oh, not much. I think we did probably each weekend, and I'm talking probably when I was about seven, mm. uh, seven or eight. I reckon we got maybe 20 cents a week. Woo. What'd you get? I used to get, uh, this was a little bit later, I used to have to wash two cars, sweep all the um, all the paths, uh, clean silver, do a whole bunch of stuff, and I think I got about uh, 40 cents. Did you? Yeah. I didn't have to do much for the 20 cents, I oh, have to tell you. I had to work. <laughs> I'm working out. When I was older. Two coins. Jeez. <laughs> Two coins. Two bloody coins. Anyway, but they used to go a long, long way. It did. It did. Well, what did you get in your... I, I assume that you went to the milk bar like I did and got your, your mixed bag of treats. I was a, a big fan of the cobber, which also I think oh, then changed into the mate, which was a very oh. hard filling, pulling type of uh, oh. toffee, which oh. it actually did pull... A filling in English class once. Is that right? Uh huh. I had to say to Mr. Sutherland, uh, "Excuse me, Mr. Sutherland, I think I've pulled my hang on, and I probably shouldn't have been eating in class anyway." But um, I used to love those. I used to love must sticks. Uh, I remember the shock and horror of the chicken twisties. Oh God, chicken twisties. Uh, that was a bit later, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, that, w- that was a little bit later. Um, the the food is technology, which was the chico roll, which was uh, uh, unidextral. <laughs> Uh, one-handed eating. Yeah, but then, but then this was the time when um, our parents used to have wine glasses that they would tie to themselves um, on a rope, <laughs> so that they could they could smoke and grope people at the same oh, time. Did they put their keys in the bowl? Uh, no. Okay, not, well, not that they told me. <laughs> not, 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 not that I knew of. I, 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 I don't think. But it was it was a different time, and it's funny. We had uh, Duncan. G'day, Duncan Buchanan. He, I'll just pass on a memory that he has. Milk bar memory. The big tub of milk in the counter they used yeah. to scoop milks from to make milkshakes. Yeah. And uh, just as okay. a little bit of editorialising, he says that Blue Heaven was shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't quote him? No, that's quite. That's direct. <laughs> that's direct quote. And well, I, I do you remember I, when the only place you could kind of get ice cream really was at the milk bar because mm. um, we didn't have convenience stores and I think supermarkets probably went maybe you know maybe there was a tub of blue ribbon or something but you know if you wanted other flavours you had to go to the milk bar and I remember seeing the guys when there were those big silver canisters filled with yep. different colours and flavours and you'd see them dipping down into the bottom and scooping up to their, and, to their shoulders yeah. their shoulders right, would right, go they down they kind of almost have to jump into the whole thing to get yeah. it out for you and it's like there was a little bit of an extra treat involved in watching them do that of course yes construction yeah. which which yeah. which was good <laughs> the other thing I, I really did that really alarmed me, I remember, as a kid was um, the preponderance... That, look, sorry, stop the big... There, there was a whole bunch... Yeah, I know, it's like, well, back it off there, buddy. <laughs> GI cordial. Oh, yes. I've, for those that have never had GI... Matt's looking at me going... No, I, I got nothing. I don't know what that is. It was the um, ultra-artificial, and there's so many ultra-artificial <laughs> things. It was um, the chemist's attempt to say... This is lime, and yeah, yeah. there was we something. Nothing like lime. Yeah, it was, but it, it changed. The first taste of it was <laughs> shocking, and then it sort of got worse from there. Yeah, look, my grandmother always had a big, big, big bottle of GI at her place, so that was <sighs> our treat when we went there. <sighs> um, <laughs> oh. Yes, yeah, we won't, you won't find anything like that in in the new book, I'd have to say. But um, it's a really anyway. Would, would we want to regret that? I don't think so. No, no, there's some things that you don't want to recreate, but what, what are the things that you do want to recreate? Look. Like, like a spider. Spider. No, and we're not talking arachnids. No. no. And look, 
I think uh, quite a few people, now that sort of the secret is out that the book is coming out, a few people have asked me, uh, yeah. is there a spider in the book? Of course. Of course but the, a spider the, the thing book. is, and I think, look, when we're talking about treats, and obviously hearing Rosemary talk about um, sugar before. Oh, you've the show. Yes, of course I was. Wow, okay, good yeah. on you. Well, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we're talking about having too much sugar in it. And the thing is that with this book, yes, they are treats, exactly. I'm not saying eat this sort of food all the time. But if you know what's in it, you know, you know, there's actually less sugar in, in, the, in the things in the book than, than certain things that you might buy in a shop, for example. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, having it, as I said, having it as a treat, but with the spiders, for getting back to the spiders, because I've totally gone off track there, yeah, um, come back. The, the spiders not only, look, I've got all the you know, syrups, have recipes for lots of syrups in the books and also homemade ice cream. So you've got, you know, your mineral water and your soda water and then a little bit of homemade fruit syrup and some beautiful homemade ice cream and you've got, like, the best spider in the world. So the definition, what is a spider, anyway, in the, in the old days? Yes. Um, well, it was a soft drink with some, uh, you know... Scoop one of ice cream. Pick your favourite with a scoop of ice cream and be foaming over the sides. And, in yeah. fact, that, that crazing that you saw when the dairy <laughs> and the fizziness met was actually where the, where the spider comes from the spidery kind of web cobweb of of uh, the oh. combination yes because it was it was it was this yes. eruption that you'd That's really right. have to keep on top and of otherwise slip it around the side so you make sure it didn't run all over your hands on the floor or your copper beating from mum from That's you right. know back in the back in the good old back in the day when Absolutely. corporal yes when <laughs> when things were punishable uh, with great pain. So, yeah. Uh, yeah Wednesday so Wacker rolled up big Wednesday newspaper section. Yeah. But that was actually that was at school. That yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> so, but what you've done is you sort of the chapters are sort of devised in all the old shops that you used to yeah. visit. So, take us down, take us down memory lane. Oh, take us down memory lane. Yeah, the places. So, let's start with the fish and chip shop. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, look, my dad used to go fishing, and sometimes we'd have fish at home, but quite often he couldn't be stuffed. So we'd, we'd go down the right. <laughs> fish and chip Can't shop. Can't be stuffed going fishing. <laughs> well, you know, let's, yeah. let's say on the way... Look, I, you know, years ago I wrote a book called, uh, about nearly 10 years ago, called Grub, which was your favourite yes. memories from your family and all that kind of stuff, and your mum and your grandma. Mm. So this is kind of the opposite of that. This is, this is what you had when no one could be stuffed cooking. This was your weekend food, your fun food, your holiday food. And so, you know, the fish and chip shop, you might Friday night, you might go down the fish and chip shop and, you know, grab the newspaper's worth of uh, newspapers, hot chip yes. and hot chips and crunchy fish and lemon, a bit of tartar sauce and all that kind of stuff. Tartar and, cake. you know, dinner's done, right? Mm. <laughs> and also, of course, you can't forget, now I have a question for you. We yeah. call them potato scallops in, it, here in New South Wales. Do you know that's a derivation from French? Because it well, comes from the word escalope, which means yes. to when you do an escalope, which you slice a piece That's of right. meat very, very thin. So it's very, very lovely to see that you New South Wales people have such lovely French pretensions. Well, you know, we, we just call a spade a spade here, Dal. Yeah. You know, it's just a potato <laughs> cake. It is potato cake. But, but they called something else somewhere. Uh, they also have another name, a potato fritter, I think, in other states as well. So there's a bit of competition. I heard there's been a bit of banter about that, I think, last year or the year before. Sometimes people were a little bit upset about that. But anyway, it's a potato scallop to and me, I, and it will always be. And I used to love the uh, the thing with the, uh, the, uh, the Jews have a thing called a roasty or a yeah, latka, yeah, and yeah. I love the fact that in Australia we called it mock whiting. Oh, nice. You remember mock that? Whiting. A bit we of mock whiting. There. Um, but yeah. I had a I had a friend of mine who um, is is living in Vietnam, 
And yes. um, I had a request. It was a strange request. Mm. I thought you said there are no fish and chip shops here, as you can imagine, oh, especially yeah. no Chico Rolls. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, I'm just hanging out for a potato cake. Can you give me a recipe? So what's your recipe for a potato cake? Well, you know, I can't give that away to, to you just at this point in time, being that the book is embargoed. Oh, I can't really actually be talking of, to you. Oh, look at this air of mystery just settles down around Jane Lawson. Well, Around he's going to have to get the book, let me just say. Oh, right? you're good. Good, good. <laughs> See, it didn't work, Matt. <laughs> I thought it was going to work. Okay. <laughs> I might have to whisper in your ear later, but I'm certainly not going to share it with the rest of, you know, your audience right today because I'll be in trouble with my publisher. Oh, we don't want that. Yeah, I know. And who, who is your publisher anyway, that they Murdoch shall, who Books. shall not be offended? Murdoch Books, the lovely Murdoch Books. They've and been my publisher for a long time. And it's not that Murdoch, by the way. It's not that. It's not that Murdoch. No, it's no. not that Murdoch. There's no I'm, connection. I only found that out like about three or four years ago. Oh, yeah. it's okay. To, yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone thinks that. But a long, long time ago, there was a connection, but there hasn't been for for many years. Yes. 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 Um, so, but tell us some of the other shops we'll be visiting. So we've yes. gone into the lolly shop, and you it's haven't told lolly. us. You I haven't indulged us with your favourite, what would be in your bad 20 cents worth of letters. Oh, yes, that's true. Well, I also was a fan of the Cobber, yeah. but I, did, I would never, I'd never call a, a name change on that in New South Wales. Never um, lost a feeling? Never lost a feeling. Uh, also, Mustics, of course. Yeah. Uh, licorice, Licorice Sticks. Well, but that was actually probably as I got older. Um, but do you, did you have Caramel Buds? They were like my favourite, probably still my favourite. Yeah, like they'd been piped out of a, a, a nice rosette and then there were like yeah. these little caramel yeah. flowers. Yeah. Caramel yeah. chocolate sort of things? Yeah, yes, basically yes. caramel chocolate, yes. And I, I love them, still love them. And, um, and jubes. My mum was a big fan of jubes, so we always had to get some jubes so she could have those. And um, Did you and share course, your lollies? Well, actually I was forced to share my lollies with my uh, dad. Really? He, he, yeah, mum occasionally would wait like a patient puppy at the door, shout out, throw one or two. But dad... Dad, he was seriously he was like, okay, here you go, here's 20 cents to go up the shop, but of course 10 cents worth was for him. Really? Yeah, he was, he was kind of, you he'd know, manipulative like that. Yeah. Bit of parent tax. Well, he couldn't be bothered walking to the shops. He'd just make us go and drag our, our little bodies up the hill in the heat, <laughs> sweating and playing. Yes. You know, we had to run around under the sprinkler when we got home. Oh, wow. And burn off the sugar. So, yeah. you know, but that was, seemed like a pretty good arrangement, actually. And then, and then you might hose down the driveway back in the old days, too. <laughs> might have hosed down the car. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, but yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. You, we look at different eras of things, and um, Matt was telling us an interesting story. Matt Matt Steadman, mm. producer. Oh, Matt, forgot about him. Hello, <laughs> uh, still here. Yeah, he's still, still here. here. Yeah. But but you, Matt, you come from uh, that. Uh, what are you? You're an Xer, aren't you? Uh, XY cast. I was born in '79. XY, XY cast. Grew so, up in the '80s. So what changed with you in, in going down the shop to get lollies well, and the, stuff? There's a couple of things we mentioned at the start of the show. So not only um, did you start with the traditional lolly store when I was a kid, but sort of morphed into the more Seven Eleven, far less romantic model by the time I was <laughs> far uh, less romantic. But the other thing, of course, <laughs> is yes. the, the ownership of the milk bars. So when I were growing up, when I were a lad, when I were a lad, um, it yeah. was the Italian and the Greeks predominantly um, because they yep. were fairly recent migrants. Whereas now, of course, the, the few milk bars that do remain, um, the ones that I've been into are all exclusively owned by Chinese or staffed by Chinese, I should suggest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a cultural shift. There has been. But my memories, and I guess, I guess it's all about the memory here, saying that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it is true. It's really, it was, all, it was all Greek in those days, Greeks and Italians. And, uh, yeah. Do you want you a know, bag? Sorry? Do you want a bag? Do you want a bag? 
was, was always a good one for me. Uh, and uh, I mean, it was it was amazing, kind of how rapidly that all grew. It grew as well because it, you know, did start with the Greeks and just continued to grow, expand at quite a rate of knots. And did you know that there's not that many milk bars? Someone was telling me the other day they don't have no. milk bars in Queensland. I find that hard to believe. Well, they don't have a Senate either, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Let's not go there. We're talking yeah. about milk bars. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. So yeah, no milk bars. That's terrible. Why not? Well, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I did a bit of travelling around when I was doing my research for the book, and I went down to Tassie because I thought there's going to be still be milk bars down there, and I had a look around Melbourne, and I had a look around Sydney, and it's like, you know what? There's actually, and also some country towns like Orange and and um, Bathurst, yeah, and up the mountains and stuff. Uh, yeah, Bathurst, and you know, there there are the there's not really much left, really? unfortunately. And I really was hoping to get some good photos and things, and I was just like, wow, this is is it's actually a bit sad, and it made me realise that there was even more of a reason to kind of put this all down and note down the memories of this before it's completely lost. It's a social document that's coming through and um, and there are some great photos in it. It has been embargoed. We've Luckily that we sort of flew under the radar of your, your publisher a little bit. <laughs> Don't and, quite know how you worked that one out, but anyway, good on you. Ah, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a bloody bull at the gate sometimes. Um, <laughs> and uh, But we did it. What's the name of this book again? It's called Milk Bar Memories. It's going to be 40 bucks, 39.95 change from uh, two orange bills. Um, and it's going to be available sort of around May, isn't it? End of April, yes, just before May starts. Yeah, I think the twenty seventh is the official date. But also, don't forget save forty cents for your for your pie because we've got lots of pies and sausage rolls as well. So you've got to make sure you know mm. you've got that jingling in your pocket ready to go. Yeah, you betcha. All right. Well, look, Jane, <laughs> thank you so much for having a chat to us and oh, it's uh, been fun. bringing back the memories. We look forward to seeing the book and um, have fun next time you go to Japan. Thank you so much, Cam. I'll put you on the guest list then, shall I? Oh, yeah, put that'd be great. Put your down soon. Yeah. <laughs> What's that noise in the hole? It's Cam. Yeah, yeah, okay. See you, guys. Thank see you ya. so much. I'll oh, see look you at later. that. And she's been looking at the clock, too. She's, she's a good yeah, radio guest. Profesh. Jane, we love you. Um, now, who have we got coming up next? Uh, you were saying Matthew Evans, the gourmet farmer from Tasmania, uh, will be joining us for our Easter show. Yeah, we'll be talking um, preserving. We're going to have our laid-back kind of um, Easter, where are the eggs? We're going to be doing an Easter egg hunt in the studio. Yes. Uh, yes. We hope that the people before us, the doctors, put some eggs in there for us to find. He's hoping. And coming up next on 3 Triple R, Word Nerd. Yes. Yes. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. And uh, all sorts of great things happening throughout the afternoon. Why would you go anywhere else? It's the soundtrack to your Sunday. And we're really, really happy to be a part of it. My name's Cam Smith. I've I'm, enjoyed it. I'm Matt Stabman. We'll see you next week. Right. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.